Thank you for everyone who are joining. My name is Ambika Sharma and I'm joined with Manisha. We are doing um, the FinTech Cafe. This is our show that we do every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific. And today we have Anthony who joined us. Anthony, would you like to do your intro? Yeah, thanks for inviting me here. So I am the VP of product at Tally and I've been here for about a year now. And before this, I was the chief product officer of Betterment, uh, which is the original robo-advisor. And I was there from the beginning when there were four of us in a room hacking that thing together. And when I left after about eight and a half years, uh, we'd grown the company to 220 people and $10 billion under management. And part of why I love Tally so much is I'm really just a sucker for mission-driven companies. And you know, at Betterment, at the time, it was really hard for people to save and invest money in an intelligent way. And we solved that problem by using software and automation. And at Tally, we're doing the same thing and applying that software and automation, but I think to an even more noble cause, and that's credit card debt. And so, you know, I, I know we'll talk about that a little bit more and I, we can talk about how, how Tally works. But that's kind of like my my jam is, is, is these mission driven companies and and particularly in fintech, because I think money touches everyone's lives. And so if you can figure out how to make that work better for people, you'll markedly improve their lives. Great. And Manisha, I, I'm so sorry, I forgot to let you introduce yourself. So do you want to also introduce yourself? I think, like Amuka mentioned, I work in the financial services space in product management. And this topic is very uh, close to heart. So excited for this conversation. And then with that, Amuka, I'll turn it over to you for some of our introductory remarks. Yes. So some of the housekeeping items, uh, just to shout out. Today is episode 26, so this is half year point for us. We've been doing it every week, so thank you for the audience and various fintech companies who we have hosted. We do have a website. It's called fintechcafe.org, and today we are also enabling all the previous audio recordings that we have on Spotify. So if you go on Spotify, you can look up Fintech Cafe Podcast, and you'll be able to get episode 15 to episode 25 on Spotify. So with that, back over to you, Anthony. Could you tell us about the story of Tally? How did the idea come up and how did you find yourself at Tally? Yeah, so the way that uh, Tally came about was from our founder and CEO, Jason Brown. And, you know, when he was growing up, money was always a big stressor in his household. And his mother was doing everything she could to make ends meet. And it just added so much stress to their lives. And so, you know, he was very adamant about finding a way to solve this problem and help other people get out of this situation and particularly to address the stress part of it. So, you know, our mission at Tally is to make people less stressed and better off financially. And that that comes from Jason and and his experience. And I think that's the thing that really excites me and has attracted everyone else here at Tally is that debt and particularly credit card debt is such a a, a pervasive problem in this country. It's literally a trillion dollar problem. And the average American has $7,000 of revolving credit card debt. 
and it is emotionally crushing to them that it causes so much anxiety for people. It's clinical levels of uh, anxiety, very similar to PTSD. And when you talk to some of our, our users before they come to Tallate, they are afraid to even open up their credit card statement every month. And there's this sense of, of hopelessness that I'm never going to get out of this debt. And so that's something that we really want to solve. And so everyone at the company is very passionate about it, very much mission driven, which is a little bit of what I mentioned before. And so we all really want to solve this really hard problem. And Anthony, how did you find Tally? Yeah. And so the way I found Tally was a, a recruiter had reached out to me and everything there just really clicked with me. It, it felt very similar to Betterment in those early days, but on the other side of the balance sheet. So I you know, have a lot of experience on the asset gathering side and learned a lot of lessons there. And I think being on that liability side and saying, okay, how do we deal with debt? It's a different type of, of problem, so it creates new challenges. But at the heart of it is this idea of just helping people have better lives, be less stressed. And that's the thing that really resonated with me and, and why, you know, I ended up joining Tally at the end of the day. Along those lines, Anthony, of helping the customers and creating some sense of relief, curious to understand who your customers are, what are the personas, how do you kind of get into the proverbial shoes of your customer? Yeah, our our customers are really very much the average American. Every other adult in America has credit card, revolving credit card debt. And so there's this weird like perception or stigma really around credit card debt that it's like people who, you know, are live, not making much money and 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 they have a hard time really like figuring out how to live day to day. And that's really not the, the case. It's very much like middle class uh, America, people who make a decent living, people who have a good credit score, but they're stuck in this world of revolving debt and they, they don't know how to get out of it. I think the other uh, misperception that people have about debt too is I think that people are being reckless when they're accumulating the, this debt and that they're being irrational. And when you talk to them, it's really not that irrational. People start in the credit card debt because of things uh, a lot of times out of their control. It's a medical bill. It's the car breaks down and the, the credit card is extremely convenient to help them get out of that particular situation. But now they, they're having trouble paying down that debt and it just keeps adding up and the interest keeps uh, compounding. And so that, I think, is you know, one of the, the, the big learnings and something I want people here to take away is the fact that people with credit card debt are your average American. They're good people. <laughs> and they just found themselves in this, this situation that makes it hard for them to, to get out of. It sounds like it takes one or two difficult spots to get them into the spiral. How is Tally matching up some of your offerings to meet some of the pain points that you see? Yeah, so the thing about Tally, and I think the thing that excites me about it and also attracted me here is from a product perspective, we're creating a new category of product here. 
And it's very rare in at least a product manager's career that you get an opportunity to do that. I feel lucky that I got to do that with, with Betterment. And I feel extremely lucky to do that a second time here with Tally. And the reason I say it's a unique category or a new category of product is that really we're creating a complete system to get people out of financial debt and particular, particularly credit card debt. And so that system consists of three parts. The first is that software and automation that I alluded to before. Every month we pay down our members' credit cards in the right order and right amounts to save them the most money possible. And so they don't even need to think about it. Their cards are paid off on time, no late fees, and we're saving them the, uh, the most money. The second part of it is that we offer our own purpose-built low interest line of credit to our members. And what that means is that they pay us uh, one bill a month. We pay all their credit cards using this lower interest line of credit. So that helps them get out of debt faster because they're not paying the crazy interest rates that big banks and credit card issuers are, are giving them. And the other thing about it is that, you know, it's purpose built. You can only pay down credit card debt with this line of, of credit. It's not like a personal loan or a traditional line of credit where you get have to figure out, oh crap, what do I have to do with this now? It's like, no, it only works through the automation, only works by paying down your, your credit cards. It's not adding debt, it's replacing debt. And then the last part of the system is that emotional support and really building people's belief in themselves that they can make progress. And that's one of the things that we found through our research is that the people who are successful in getting out of credit card debt are the ones who have belief that they can. And when a hiccup comes up along the way, which it inevitably will, like another unexpected medical bill, or you have to buy, you know, something like a costume for a kid's something or other, it's okay. People who have that belief are resilient. They're like, that's okay. I'll adjust some things and we'll make it uh, work. People who don't succeed in getting out of credit card debt are the ones who that hiccup happens. And they're like, well, why do I even bother? I'm always going to be in debt. And so this third part of the system is really about how do we create financial plans for people? How do we support them emotionally? How do we help them visualize how compound interest works and that, hey, if you only pay down $20 more uh, a week into your principal, you can get out of debt, you know, a year or two faster. And so those three things combined really create a unique product. And because it's not really fair to say we're just an app. Because there's a lot of apps out there, like budgeting apps, and that make you do all the, the work and, and don't tell you what to do or do it for you. And at the same time, there's a lot of financial instruments out there, like a personal loan or a line of credit. And again, that don't give you that guidance and, and really make you do the work. And so what we're doing here is combining all of those things to specifically get people out of credit card debt. And I think this is really the next generation of fintech. You know, at the at first it was like online banking, like let's just do what we're uh, doing in the branch and do it online. Then, you know, we get into the next phase of, you know, some robo advisors and and things like that. Now I think the next phase is how do we solve real specific 
problems and build things both from a technology and a financial instrument standpoint to address those problems. So that's kind of my long-winded way of explaining how how Tally works. Yep, that's fantastic. And between a customer wanting to sign up for Tally and getting this recommended output of managing the finance, it sounds like there's a lot of internal work that goes on. I've seen references to an algorithm that helps customers save a typical 5% of the balance. So could you lift the hood a little bit on what that algorithm is about? Yeah. So the way that Tally works is we look at your credit cards every single month and look at the uh, interest rates, the balances uh, and so forth, and really optimize to save you the, the most money and put the, the most money towards the cards with the highest interest rate and then kind of waterfall from from there. And it's something that like the most humans don't actually do that. Most people don't actually know what the interest rates are on their different cards. And they actually end up paying like the highest balance cards first. And so they're actually losing money by by doing that. So the way that we save people money is by really optimizing for the interest rates as they're they're fluctuating. And then also because they're paying using our lower interest line of credit, then we save them even more. Got it. Great. And then just another sort of customer angle, Anthony, uh, as a product manager, what what are the typical missteps that you've seen or observed that customers make as it relates to debt management? I think the biggest uh, issue that people have is they really don't understand how uh, compound interest works. Like the human brain is not wired for that. And so people don't realize that only paying the minimum balance uh, continues to perpetuate their debt. And something, like I said, as simple as saying, look, if you pay down $20 more a week, if you can find that and pay $20 more than the, the minimum, that gets you out of debt faster. And when you do some of this user research and you see people see that realization, it literally blows their mind. They're like, really? Like I have thousands and thousands of dollars of credit card and only $20 gets me out of debt like a year faster. It, and I think that's the thing that people don't uh, understand. They literally just look at their credit card statement, see what the minimum balance is, and then just pay that. And so one of the things that I'm really proud of is how much we've been able to get people to pay above and beyond their their minimum balance. Got it. And then in terms of taking your product to the customer or bringing your customer to the product, what is that go-to-market, that approach that you've taken? I think we noticed that there's this uh, ad on YouTube. It's got quite a <laughs> multiple million views, but we'd love to kind of hear your take on the go-to-market. Yeah, so we uh, are working through a lot of different growth channels. And I think that it's it's kind of typical with a financial services product is there's a lot of different channels to try and we found success in in a few particularly television and and so forth that you can tell a really compelling story in a short period of of time there and because in a lot of ways tally is a is a complex product because it involves a line of credit, it involves automation and so forth. 
you want to get across that emotional aspect because again we're here to reduce people's stress and so the mediums that work well for that are things like television to talk about that that stress also you know we get people to do referrals people typically don't talk about money with other uh, people and there is shame associated with debt and credit card debt but when you are making progress on your debt or you make it out of credit card debt people talk a lot about like how great tally is and how that that helped them and so that's another one of the channels that we're we're really starting to lean into more as we're building our customer base and helping people with that belief and making progress and anthony as you are building your customer base i noticed uh you call your customers members could you talk a little bit more about why members approach and also why a membership model to pricing yeah so the idea with credit card debt is it really is a long term journey you're not going to get out of it in 2 months and it's something that we are going to be your partner long term and and that kind of evokes a, a membership and being part of this team that we are are working together and you know as we look forward as well you know there's more things that we can help people with like our ultimate vision is full financial automation and you know we're starting on the the debt side of things and the credit card debt side of uh things but we really want to build longer term relationships with our our members so that we can really help them long term in terms of uh the pricing model it is very much like a Costco membership in that you can pay an upfront uh fee and a membership fee and what that gets you on our premium membership is a higher credit limit and an even lower interest rate than than what you would typically get and that costs about $25 a month and that also is not taken out of pocket that we actually charge that to the the line of credit so people still get that that benefit and and people really appreciate being considered a, a member and getting that uh, really low rate and and higher limit so as you are talking about if product evolution you mentioned you're starting with credit card could you touch on what more is there like would student loans be next for example you know our our customers ask us this all the time our members ask us this all all, all the the time they're like i'm making all this great progress can you help me uh, with my student loans or mortgage and and so forth and you know that is something that we can do in the future but really we need to nail the credit card debt problem first that that is going to be where we spend a big chunk of our our time because it is a trillion dollar problem and making sure that we get it right is very important to us and then after after we feel like we really hit that on the head then we can expand into other areas and take this complete system i was describing and apply it to other areas of debt and eventually to your full financial picture and have that full financial automation but right now credit card debt is the the main area that we're we're focused on and you know part of the the reason why credit card debt is the place that we want to start is i think it has the most emotion baked into it and when you're dealing with people's money you need to be able to deal with their emotions and anxieties and insecurities and so solving that problem for them and the hardest problem first makes it easier to do the other problems down the road 
Yeah, I'm talking about teaching someone to come out of debt. Michael Lewis, you know, famous uh, author, wrote The Flash Boys. He has his own podcast. I think it's called Against the Rules. And he Mm -hmm. interviewed your CEO, Jason, last year and this year. And he he basically came to ask, how do you coach people to develop the right type of financial habits? And I'm curious to understand your take. What has been your experience at Tally in terms of financial education for your customers? Yeah, I think personally, some of the things that we've found work is not really like treating it as financial education and like making people read blog posts or articles and and things like that. From my experience, people love uh, to learn, but they hate being taught. And so part of what you have to do is really just show them. A lot of it is, can you visualize the the debt and show you know how the curve tapers off differently when you put in that twenty dollars more uh, a, a week? And some of it is just the auto automation, just doing it for people. And there's some things that yeah, we can educate and explain all of the different components of how it works and all that. And if, and of course we we do that if people want to know. But at the same time, like really training people for that when the human mind is built to understand compound interest and all of that it's it, it's not something you want to force on people it's something that you have to make feel more natural and and really educate them without feeling too pedantic or condescending all right. I know we have about four minutes before we open up for audience, but Anthony, I would love to get into your philosophy around product management. Customer service, customer experience isn't usually uh, the first thing that most people think about together. How do you place emphasis on it as a product leader and deliver for the customer? Yeah, this is actually something that is really near and uh, dear to to me is the idea of bringing the customer contact center, the customer experience or member success team really close to the the product team. So at Betterment, I actually advocated to have the customer experience team be part of the, the product team. And the reason for that is that it creates a really nice feedback loop. You end up creating a better digital product when the people in the call center feel like they're part of the team and they're empowered to actually work with the product managers, designers, and engineers uh, to say, hey, here's what I'm hearing people call in for. and Here's patterns that I'm seeing. I think we can, if we solve this problem, people would call in less. And you end up creating this great product by having that really tight feedback loop. And then as a nice side effect, you don't have as many people call in because you fixed all the, the problems and bugs that are most prevalent. And you've created the features that people are more excited about and, and talk about the, the agents with. And I think there's, it's like a different type of user research. Like if you consider the contact center as part of the product team, it's like having a ton of mini user researchers out in the field every day, gathering real ethnographic information about people and their behaviors and their their situations. And you get a lot uh, richer view of people, the problems that they need solved. Like I, I personally love, you know, 
traditional user research and uh, and user testing and usability testing and so forth. But it's in an artificial environment. They know they're being watched. They're getting an Amazon gift card at the end of it. And so when you're just listening in to customer calls or even better when a product manager is answering the call themselves as a support specialist, you get to have a much richer understanding of how people are using your, your product. And so that, that's something that is, is really important to me as a product manager is that you get really close to uh, the users through the, the people on the ground in the contact center. That's great that you've built the customer experience and customer empathy into the DNA of the product team. I think I even read you have a customer experience focus week that everyone spends in a year. So that's fantastic. Just as a quick follow on before we open up, um, what, how do you perceive that end to end cycle look in the product development process when you're integrating that customer service aspect? Uh, sorry, you're, you mean, how do we actually like make sure that the feedback gets included? Correct. Yep. During the product development process. Yeah. So early on, we actually have a, when we're building new features, we have representatives from the member success team actually involved and looking at here's how we're, we're developing it and they get to have input into it as we're building things out. And also as we have a regular meeting every other week with the operations and member success team to say, what features are you looking for or where are the biggest pain points that we have in the product right now so that we can prioritize those things and, and get them taken care of. And so it's really about having collaboration early in the process and making it a two-way conversation of the contact center bringing things to the product development team and also the product development team really sharing with the contact center specialists early on in the process because they know how the product works better than anyone. In fact, probably better than many product managers because they have to deal with these problems day in, day out. They know all the workarounds that they have to like coach the members through when they call. And so getting their input on how to make features work better when they're early in the development cycle pays many dividends when you actually ship the, the feature at the end of the day. Great. Yeah, we didn't get to ask all our questions and we're over time for the moderated. So thank you, Anthony, for taking our questions. We'll open up to the audience as promised. So to those who would like to come up and ask questions from Anthony, there are two options. You can raise your hand and Monisha and I were moderators. We can bring you on stage. And at that point, you can ask your question directly. Or if you're not able to ask a question, we would like to invite you to send us your question. There is an icon like an airplane on the bottom right. If you click on that, uh, you can send us a message through the back channel and we'll read it for you. So with that, we have three questions. So let's bring Alex, Tammy, da Daniela, and Keithy. So uh, hi, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hi, Anthony. Uh, this is really interesting conversation. Uh, thank you for being here. My name is Alex. I, I work at a large bank and I'm a designer. And I have a question, actually it's a series of questions all about the same thing and just would love your your thoughts on this. But you mentioned the importance of emotions earlier in, in how you, you know, uh, think about the customer experience. And what what is the role that emotion plays in, in how you like design your customer journey? Do you have like, do you build that into your metrics? Have you, do you use that as uh, in your research? 
how do you do you measure it? I'm just curious how you look at emotional responses and how you bake that into your actively into your your work. And you don't have to answer all the questions and give away all your secret sauce, but I'd be love to hear more about that. Yeah, Alex, that's a great question. Uh, you know, emotion is uh, a really interesting uh, thing, especially when it comes to money. And so a lot of this is just working through a lot of the, the prototypes with users during that user research phase and, and showing them things early and getting just a sense as they go through it and get to the end of it of like what their stress level is you know, do they feel, you know, we accomplished that job to be done and how much friction there is uh, in that. Because when there's more friction uh, in the the experience and people don't understand how it works or where to go and what to do next, it just increases that anxiety and uncertainty. And when you're dealing with people's money, there's already just so much anxiety in there. So you can kind of measure it by like asking those questions about where their stress level is as you get to each stage in, in, in the flow and what questions they have and what friction they see. And the more you're able to reduce that friction and answer questions before they ask them, it lowers that anxiety and creates that emotional support that, that people need. Like a lot of the emotional support is just anticipating the questions and needs in advance so that people feel like, okay, you have my back. And, and we're really doing this together. And part of the emotional part too is having you know, a little bit more of a friendly personality to it, making it feel less transactional and less like a faceless you know, financial institution. And the more that you can show like, look, we're partners in this together, that, that's, that's really how you help stabilize that anxiety and emotional side of things. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Over to you, Kirti, if you would like to introduce yourself and then ask your question. Thank you, Ambika. Uh, hi, Anthony. I'm Kirti. I, I also work at a bank and I'm a credit and risk management professional. I had uh, three questions for you. Uh, first of all, could you explain your business model? And I'm sorry if I missed this or didn't understand very well. Like you help uh, pay credit card debt, but I wanted to understand further the business model. Second, you mentioned that you are looking for full financial automation. Could you explain what you mean by full, uh, by elaborate on this? And is that we see a lot of products uh, or fintech products in the market regarding debt and credit. So how do you differentiate yourself from your competitors? Thank you. Yeah, so the way our business model works is it is a membership model. So very similar to Costco. And so people pay a, a membership fee. And for that, they get a, a line of credit, but they get a really low interest rate and a higher uh, limit. And so the way that we help save people money is that our interest rate is much lower than what a bank would offer. And then people pay us onto that line of credit and we use that line of credit to then go pay down people's uh, really high interest rate credit cards. And so that's how the business model works there. But it is like this, this membership model. However, people don't have to put that money pocket up front that actually gets charged to the line of credit, similar to how on a credit card, like your annual member fee, membership fee gets uh, added to your uh, credit card 
but again, our interest rate is is much lower. In terms of your camera, what was your second question? I had a follow up question on this. Sorry. Okay. So, so what I understand is you're paying a higher credit, and your input is, uh, or you're paying a higher interest, and you're taking a lower interest rate. So again, how do you make money? And is the membership charges like how big is your customer base? And twenty five dollars a month is that uh, big enough for coverage of your margins? That doesn't yes. look big enough. That that's yeah. So the the business model works. The paying that membership fee covers the majority of everything that it that it needs to to cover. We also make a a bit of interest or margin on on the interest. But by paying that membership fee, like that's that that's really the the model that we're that we're working with here. Great. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Sorry. Uh, oh, I was gonna say sorry, Kirsty. I, I know we have a few people waiting. Do you mind if we kind of come back to you on your other two questions? Uh, just sure. To give sure. Sure. Great. Thank you. All right, so, Tammy. Welcome uh, back to the show. Please introduce yourself and thanks. Good evening, Tammy Fleming, financial services in the area of third-party risk management, emerging technology, innovation. Anthony, fantastic presentation. You have a great product. I love your mission statement, financial health. Can't get up on a box and 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 say it enough. I, I love the automation. I do have one initial complaint. Ambika and Manisha, you did such a great job on your questions. You kept taking my questions. So hopefully I'm going to take your questions now. So just actually, we, we've talked about emotion and behavior. And I just, if I can just take that farther, more, more from the perspective of, you know, I mean, we've talked about how easy credit is, right? And- mm-hmm. You know, once you help them and you get their plan in place, they're going to start feeling good. And I would imagine that, especially in times like this, some people are going to get a false sense of security. It's like, you know what, when you're dieting and you've lost five pounds, it's like, oh, I'm doing good. I can go ahead and have that next cookie. How do you, from a design experience perspective, or, or maybe it's more coaching, how do you keep them from not spending more again? So expanding their credit cards because their credit cards are still open so they can go expand that debt. I mean, there's always un, unplanned expenses, right? So, right. and I mean, what's to prevent them from going and getting another credit card? How do you really work with them to keep them on track and not, not and de- develop those better habits? Yeah, it's uh, that's such a good question, Tammy. I think the the way that we're approaching it is our debt management philosophy is more realistic. Like there are people out there who've made a lot of of money being very strict and saying, you know, if you have debt, it's a moral failing on your part. And that's just not how the world actually works. And that actually creates shame for people and makes them not want to engage with their debt. And so our, our approach is like, look, things are going to happen. There are going to be expenses and, and so forth. And to be very realistic about that. But the thing that works with people, and it kind of goes back to that financial education piece that we were talking about before, is giving people real-time feedback, letting them see 
that if you're putting a little bit of more money towards the principal, here's what our projected date of when you're going to get out of, of debt is. And being able to see that and see that move and then see that goalpost and like, oh, I have more debt. It's actually going to take me longer. Now it's going to be uh, another six months, another year to that. But now if I'm doing these other things, that date pull pulls in more. And you can see that in real time, people start to get more intuitive about it. But it has to be that real-time feedback, and it's not about like saying, you're spending too much on coffee, you're a bad person. It, it's about getting them to realize for themselves what to do and how to budget that money properly so they can move that date. But it has, has you have to give that real-time feedback so as they twist the knobs, they see how those knobs affect the outcome. Okay, great. Just one uh, other quick question. The line of credit that you establish, I'm assuming with the logarithms that are calculated on the FICO scores, that would be a, a negative, potentially lowering their FICO score. Is that what you have found? Sorry, you're, you're saying, can you ask the question uh, so, again? I somehow didn't, under, didn't get what you were asking. So, okay. So a customer, their credit cards, their, their FICO score, mm. if you add another line of credit, right? So there's another entry that's going to be taken into account, even though it's not a credit card, it's a line of credit. Doesn't that, wouldn't that negatively impact their FICO score, potentially lowering it when they look at all factors of, of their expenses? No. So the way that this actually works, it, it replaces the debt that they have rather than taking yep. on um, additional debt. And yep. so so we're not reporting this as having like additional debt. And so that that actually helps them with their their credit score as we're paying down their their credit card debt more quickly. Oh, okay. That I was thinking you were you were it was being double reported. Okay, awesome. No, it, exactly. So it, think about it, it's a replacement rather than an addition. Yep. And that's kind of the difference between us and like a debt consolidation loan or another line of credit where it's like adding more debt. And that's not what people in this situation need. We're trying to replace the debt that they have today and the debt they're going to be accumulating in the future. Awesome. Great work. Keep it up. It's Thank you. Thanks, Tammy. And thanks for all the compliments earlier. Over to you, Daniela, if you would like to introduce yourself and ask a question. Yes. Hi, I am Daniela. I am listening from Mexico. I have been following Ambika and Monisha and, and this clubhouse, and this has been by far the best, the best guest. So thank you, Anthony, for, for, for being oh, here. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, and I also want to thank you and congratulate you because this is the first time in a long time, a very long time, that I see someone putting technology at the service of humans. You said something very beautiful about the mind, not understanding how compound um, interest built. And so you just did something beautiful about taking technology and putting it to the service of humans to make life better for us, not more critical. So that's really refreshing. Thank you. So my question is this, as you progress with, with dealing with people's debt, you, you go into a journey with them. And right. at the end, you are able to create good habits for them, right? Because you said as, as, as they start seeing these changes, you start taking away all the negative emotions, all the shame. 
And so you get to empower them and you get them to 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 take away all this of, of this. I can't hear Danielle anymore. Is she still oh, there? Oh, sorry. My dog and the oh. call. <laughs> sorry. So my question is, how do you, like, are you planning to take that journey to other countries like in Mexico where we have even worse financial habits than in, in, in the United States? You know, that's a really good question, Danielle. I think right now our goal is to really be focused and the same way that I said, you know, we can do, we can take this model, this complete system and apply it to other forms of debt and also to just people's full financial lives. Our goal right now is to really get credit card debt in the United States really uh, buttoned up first. So I'm not going to rule out taking it to other places, but that's not our immediate goal right now is that we really want to stay focused. And I think that's something you know, a lot of startups can sometimes get too big too quickly or get into too many areas too quickly and dilute what they're doing. We really want to stay focused for as long as we can on specifically credit card debt in the United States because it is a trillion dollar problem here. But I, I definitely hear you. We can, there's a lot of opportunity elsewhere in, in the world because good financial habits and really understanding how uh, debt works is, is really a universal problem. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And if you do come to, to Mexico, please reach out because I would love, I would love to be your, your advocate and your ambassador here. Oh, that'd be amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Daniela. That was beautiful. Over to you. Who's next? People have moved around. So yeah, probably. Thank, thanks, Ambika, for the opportunity. Hi, Anthony. Uh, this is Akshay listening in from Australia. I, before I ask my question, I just want to say, basically, echo everyone's compliments about Tally as a product. I think it's just fantastic that there is a financial literacy component built into it. So makes fintech all the more exciting exciting for everyone. So uh, my question to you is, as head of product, what is your philosophy to containing the urge to make each release revolutionary and move in more manageable increments? Because I can imagine your job is definitely not an easy one. You're straddling so many different stakeholders. You've got the next CDC funding or whatever the case might be. So how do you make sure that each release is, is just has the right feature set and you're releasing the right amount of capabilities? Yeah, you, you've raised a really interesting point here, Akshay, is that I think one of the things that makes uh, fintech particularly interesting but also challenging is it's more complex than a, a typical type of you know technology app or something like that because you have operations that you have to deal with, you have a call center, like you don't typically have these types of, of things with like a social media app or a streaming app or something like that. And so you really have to balance out all of the, the stakeholders and, and figure out how can we satisfy our customers, but also what we need to do internally and make sure we're not building up tech debt and so forth. And so one of the ways that I really like to look at things when we're building out our monthly planning and, and longer term roadmaps is that really what you have is a portfolio and you're making investments in this portfolio and you want to have it well diversified. And so that you're, you're getting a good mix of, of things. And some of the things that when we're putting uh, together our, our planning 
is we uh, look across four main dimensions and they're each equally weighted. So the first is user value. So, you know, what is the, the user value that uh, we're getting? The next one is business value. And so what enterprise value are we getting by building out this feature, doing this project? The next one is one that people often forget, like usually everyone goes, ah, business value, business value. But the one that, and, and some people say, oh yeah, user value too. But the thing that often gets overlooked and is super important is the category of risk reduction and opportunity enablement. And this one satisfies stakeholders that are sometimes invisible, your operations team, your compliance team, also just your engineering team, that in order to build out some of these like infrastructure types of projects or to handle like some compliance issue, you're, you're reducing risk to the business or you're building like this infrastructure so that it makes it easier to build things more robust in the future, faster to build things in the future. And so by giving that category the same weight as user value and business value, now those stakeholders actually have a, a stake or a seat at the table. And the last category is time criticality. And if something is becomes urgent, then it gets a higher time uh, criticality. And sometimes some of these like infrastructure projects, you know, debt paydowns or some compliance issue has a really heavy time criticality, or maybe something on the user growth side, building out some tool there, it has more time criticality. And so that kind of allows the urgent things to come up to the to the top if they're neglected for too long and that i've really found that balancing those four things uh, against each other and giving them that that equal weight and making sure that you have a good distribution of those those valuable things gets you to build in the the right way you have a, a smattering of smaller things some bigger things and you're making sure that you're delivering all for the business and for the stakeholders and for the users Oh, that's a really lovely answer. Thanks, Anthony, especially the better on risk reduction and ops enable. Thank, thanks for uh, the opportunity for asking the question. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you. And just a quick time check. I know we have about seven minutes left and we have five people. So this is going to be a little bit of a whirlwind. We are going to turn off hand raising, but we do have five people on stage. So Anthony, uh, we're going to be very mindful of your time. Uh, All right. Gonna go ra ra rapid fire here. <laughs> lightning round. Yeah. Ready for it. Here we go. David, welcome. Please introduce yourself. We'd love to hear what you've got to say. Great. I'm David Whitcomb, Vice President of Product at MX Technologies. I lead all the open banking aggregation activities of MX. Ambika, Monisha, nice to see you again. Anthony, my question to you is quite a bit different than the others. I dug into your website a little bit and saw you've exposed some API endpoints. I'm curious, as the, as the product manager, you talked a lot about experience for end users, but you haven't talked much about APIs. So I'm really curious to understand what's coming next from APIs with Tally. Yeah, so the, the API that we've exposed is really for our affiliate partners and so that we can pre-qualify certain folks and get them through the onboarding process uh, sooner. So when we're talking about different forms of, of member acquisition and so forth, that's really what that API is uh, about is how do, how do we partner with people so they can show their members or their readers or, or so forth the value that Tally can provide them in hard, concrete numbers. So that, that, that's really what our API strategy is right now. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I was hoping there could be a little more, but it's a good growth strategy. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, it, you know, who knows what uh, tomorrow will, will bring. <laughs> sure, sure. Have a good one. Thank you. You too.
Thanks so much, David. Heather, welcome, and please share your question. Yeah, I also come from MX, and actually David stole my question, so I can be very, very quick here. I just wanted to say, outside of that question of what is next, I spent my, my previous life was at a credit card, and I spent about eight years actually on the collection side. So I know firsthand the struggle and the need for a product like this. So I just, I commend both your efforts as well as uh, your mission statement. I think it's very, very needed. And I think hopefully customers are actually taking advantage of it and, and utilizing it because even from like a collection standpoint, there was a lot of people that we worked with that once we got them what we would call current we didn't obviously offer the services to keep them current in the financial planning and things. And so it was a cyclical cycle. So just great work. And I, I, I can't wait to uh, read more about you in the future. So. Oh, well, thanks, Heather. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, we're, when you talk about collections, that's something we're very uh, proud of as well, because we do our collections uh, in-house. And it's, it, it's one of those things that, you know, sometimes people become delinquent, but that we don't want to paint them with that brush forever and we want to work with them to get them out of that situation and then back on track again. And that's really how we we approach things, you know, because that's what they're trying to do in general in, in life and with their debt. But even with the the line of credit they have with us, we want to be very mindful and, and be a partner throughout that process with them. Yeah, I think that that's great. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Heather. And over to you, Kiran. Welcome. Hey, Anthony. This is Kiran, and I'm, you know, manager, credit manager at Figure. And my question for you today is, you know, you mentioned that, you know, one of the features that you provide is, you know, debt payoff, right? So I'm curious, and I don't know if you have you know, sufficient time to cover this. But one of the challenges I'm sure you faced was building the rails to, you know, to build that capability of being able to pay out, pay off, you know, other credit cards. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the main challenges you faced there? That's one one question. And the second question is, do you, are you considering offering this as a service to potentially other lenders? I mean, as an example, we know that you know a lot of lenders that make personal loans, those personal loans are technically being used to you know pay off credit card debt. Have you considered in your sort of product journey to be able to provide that as a service because you know you've already sort of figured out all the kinks of being able to do that? Yeah, that's a, a really interesting question, Kieran. So to your first point about what we've uh, learned in terms of the rails is, my goodness, the antiquated infrastructure in in this country for financial money movement is insane. And I think that's one of the, the, the hardest things for us to deal with is a lot of these rails that we're using to move money around and pay people's cards and, and so forth are 30, 40, even 50-year-old technology that is used to being run on mainframes. <laughs> and so trying to adapt that into our world and our system and to make it contort into the way that we need it to work for us has really been a long process and and something that, you know, we, we've gotten to work, but yeah, it's it's really hard. It's not impossible, but it's it, it's hard. And then in terms of, you know, where we can expand to, you know, Tally is really a direct-to-consumer company. That's that's the thing that we're, 
where we are at today. You know, I'm not going to rule out things that we might do in the future and, and different partnerships, but really that direct-to-consumer part is, is where our hearts are right now. Got it. Thanks. And before we take the last question, I just want to thank all the speakers, all the people who've come on stage to ask questions. Anthony, this is a lot of questions on stage, so sorry for bombarding you, but that's all right such engagement and then with that kunal over to you for the last question of the day awesome thank you so i really appreciate the time so this is kunal on bay area i work for a fintech company named uplift we are a bnpl provider for travel industry i have an easy one anthony for you i'm curious if you do see any fraudulent activity on the platform and if so what are the strategies which are incorporated to tackle those yeah, it, it's actually very interesting the way that we've designed the product is that risk is is obviously there, but it isn't um, as prevalent as you would think. The fact that we've kind of created a closed system that the line of credit can only be used to pay other credit cards uh, and other credit cards that have to be in your name. And the fact that you don't have access to the line of credit that only we do and we pay it automatically for you actually closes up a lot of those like loopholes. It's not to say other pe that people can't find some ways around, but we've really uh, worked hard to, to make it a closed system that it, that is really meant to address fraud in a, in a nice way. And so that, that, that's really where we're, where we're at there. So unfortunately it's not a lot of things that can be applied elsewhere. It's just built into the actual product design itself. Oh, that's helpful. Thanks. Thanks, Kunal. And with that, Anthony, we are at the end of it, finally. So again, thank you so much for A, downloading Clubhouse to join just for this call and B, coming on this show and um, taking so many questions and teaching us about telly. So over to you for any last com any parting comments you might have for us. Yeah, Ambika, Manisha, this was uh, wonderful. And thank you all here for uh, coming. And I love that there's this community here around financial technology and there's just it's such an exciting space to be in and I've been in it for many 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 years now and it's always uh, evolving and so I love the the community here around that and yeah if you're interested more in tally you can get us you can find us at meettally.com or you can download tally in the app store the google play store and yeah you feel free to reach out to me on linkedin so I guess I will leave it there, but thank you everyone. Great, well, thank you, Anthony, and thank you to the audience. As we mentioned earlier, this is episode 26. So thank you for the six month anniversary that uh, we just got. And uh, if you like to, if you like to listen to this conversation again, we'll put this up on Spotify. This will be available on the FinTech Cafe podcast on uh, Spotify or our website, fintechcafe.com. So with that, thank you. And next week we'll join uh, with the co-founder from Alloy to learn more about underwriting with um, as a fintech offering. So thank you for joining today and have a good evening.